AD, actually a sober Batman villain for once, but if you ever want me to kill you, um, I'll run a U-Haul, we can go out to the desert, I'll hit a bonfire, then, yeah, it'll be all right. It'll be quick, um, and um, I'll kill you with a 10-gauge shotgun. I didn't say 12, I said 10, two barrels, so this guy bar. All right, thanks. Bye. This is the show. Fuck all the rest Anal toys and midget sex Shoot some smack, break out the bong Deanne Harrison will keep it sick and wrong Keep it sick and wrong Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, E. Simon. I'm Harrison. Harrison, how was uh, that Arthur Brown show? It was good. Yeah, yeah, I quite enjoyed it. It was a weird mix of people in there, man. You know, it's, it's a weird venue. Is it Catch yeah. One, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so far, like, well, it's, it's weird because so there's like three here. different things in there. There's like where the show was. Then there's like another part of the building that's like some kind of weird nightclub for teeny boppers and shit, you know? It's oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. They have yeah. like a hip hop club on one yeah. level. Was this on the very top floor, the show? I think so. I don't know. Wow. Mm. Yeah. How was Arthur Brown? Did he do the fire thing? He was great. He didn't do the fire thing. What? Although I, he might have done it on the encore. If he did an encore, I left um, before the encore. So you, some, Sometimes venues don't permit him to do the fire thing. That might be the case. Because, I mean, it seems like it's a fire hazard. But he had a, he had a costume change for every song, which is kind of amazing. The thing is with that guy, Arthur Brown, and people who don't know about Arthur Brown, you can check him out. The guy's pretty phenomenal. But, I mean, he's like, what, 80? 82? He's 74. Oh, is he 74? Oh, okay, I thought he was 80. But, yeah, he's in his 70s, and that dude, I mean, he's like James Brown. I mean, he's, he's so energetic. He's dancing yeah. all over the stage. Oh, you've seen him? You've seen yeah, him? Yeah, I saw him okay. at a, last year at the Regent, mm. and he did do the fire thing there. He put the fire That's crown it. on. But it was yeah. really, he didn't do it, like I think back in the 60s, he would just do it for the whole song. He just mm. kind of put it on for maybe a minute. Right. And then I, even at that time, I was like, wow, I think this whole place might burn down. Mm. Uh, but then he took it off. Or someone came out and got it, but uh, but yeah, he, I, I was just amazed at the energy, the the vitality for a guy who's you know old enough to be most people's grandparents. Sure, yeah. And, so, and there were several other. Wasn't it like a stoner rock thing or something? Yeah, I mean, I I also went because they had Jack Stoth, uh, who amazing. I love, yeah. love Jack Stoth. I think I don't think that's her name. I think it's the band's name. Oh yeah, yeah. But the, you know, the, the band's yeah. amazing though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, have you seen them? Uh, I've never seen them before. Okay, okay. Never, they, Jack Stock doesn't tour very often. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. Where are they from? This was like some. This tour they're doing now is like run by the people who run the Psycho Festival or something. Oh, that's probably what it I is. I think they're from Seattle. It's hard to tell. They always like lie about where they're from on their web pages, so it's hard to tell. You know, I'm, I'm surprised like Blood Ceremony and Jack Stock and Coven doesn't just do a tour. I mean, they do. It's called Psycho. You know, they all play there. Yeah, but there's you know? two, that's oh, fucking three-day festival. Fuck that yeah. shit. Mm. You know, if, if all three of those bands do it again, I might go. Um, were there any dwarves at the show? No. No dwarves? No. Nope. I, was, I was thinking about this the other day because I read an article about dwarves. Um, have you ever had a dwarf friend? 
I have not. Have you ever wanted a dwarf friend? Um, you know my feelings about eugenics and how I feel about <laughs> abnormalities. <laughs> I feel they all need to be exterminated. It'd make you very no, uncomfortable. I, I, you know, I, I don't have any dwarf friends. I don't really like have any strong feelings about dwarves for or against them. You know, so it's never been like. And aren't we supposed to call them little people or something? I think dwarves is permissible. You're not supposed to say dwarf is dwarf is no dwarf is a specific thing, dude. Well, there's There's like one where it's like, oh, they're proportional, and there's another thing where they're not. Dwarf is a specific condition. There are some people that are little people that aren't dwarves, so you have to be careful. I thought they're all dwarves. They're just they're not pituitary dwarves or the the proportional dwarves. They're not all dwarves. There's different. You know, only certain ones are dwarves. What are the others? I don't know. I don't know that much about it. I just <laughs> miniatures. Know that you call them little people. Little you know? mini people. And within a little, you call them little people. That's what they want to be called. <laughs> I fucking, think it, like, they'll say mini. They're called. It's a thing. They're called little people. You know. I think little people is more derogatory than dwarf. We've been talking about this for one minute, and I'm already upset. So this is going to be a <laughs> anyway, great second. Anyway, yeah, a yeah. dwarf. Okay, so a dwarf started at my work this past week. Is he definitely a dwarf, or is he a fucking little person? Well, he's a very small person. Oh, he's, my he's, God. He's under, I would say he's under 4'8", maybe 4'6". Because I walk, I walk by him. He's a small guy. He's so a he, little person. You don't know if he's a dwarf specifically. Well, he he has some kind of dwarf knees and arms. Oh, you know, I'm talking about like the small arms <clears throat> and the kind of bigger head. Uh huh. Anyway, he looks like a dwarf, but he looks like a cool dwarf. He wears a fedora and he vapes. Okay. So he's definitely a cooler dwarf than most other people. <laughs> but anyway. So he's like a dwarf stepdad, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's like a hip dwarf. Is... Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but this is the second dwarf that's worked at my work that's since during my tenure there, which is odd. Because I don't think I've ever worked at an, any company that's ever had a dwarf working there. Mm. So I was surprised. I'm like, do they get like a tax break for hiring dwarves? Um, Maybe. I mean, I guess people with disabilities, because it's considered a disability. Yeah. Do you get a tax break from hiring someone with disabilities? I don't know. I don't know. I think you do, because, okay. uh, you know, having you when you because I think when you fill out like an application, you have to you have to indicate whether or not you have disability. You don't have to. Well, yeah, I guess uh, you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that I think you might get a tax. A company might get a tax break for having more people with disabilities. Um, but yeah, this is that they had a dwarf that was working there that uh, I was friends with. And not, mm. not, not, I mean, I think I had beers with her once, like at a work outing, but it wasn't like someone I would just call to go hang out with. And that's the kind of friend I want. I want like a dwarf that I can go kick it with, you know, right mm. around their special little car, you know, and, uh, and, ju- and just be friends with one, mm. which I've never had. Okay. Um, but that's the thing. Like, and, and I'm not saying I, I want to do it because I want to like, you know, have a court dwarf. I'm not talking mm. about court dwarves. I'm just saying I want a dwarf that would be a friend of mine. Right. You he know, doesn't like, need to dance. No, not to you entertain know, dance people. Dance the old soft shoe for you or anything, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Court dwarves, mm. you know, the, court dwarves have, 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 you know, have, have been like a, 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 you know, something that historically, you know, dwarves have played like the role of entertainers. Like I'm thinking of like uh, your general Tom Thumb. Probably sure. one of the most famous dwarves, P.T. Barnum's dwarf. Um, mm. And he was probably one of the smallest dwarves. 
You know who? You know who I was thinking of? Remember the dwarf in the movie Freaks? Um, the one who's like engaged. Yeah, Yeah, the little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Was what? How? Like was 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 that? That wasn't Tom Thumb. That was a different dwarf. Yeah, that wasn't Tom Thumb. What else did he do? Um, like that actor that played him. I do not know. Because I mean, that movie is from like the '30s, right? Yeah, it's from 1931. So I wonder if that dwarf was like a part of a sideshow or a circus or something. Well, I mean, I think most of the people in that movie were part of a sideshow or a circus because they were real deal motherfuckers. Yeah, real freaks. You know? Yeah. But I mean, a lot of those, you know, there were like a number of, uh, you know, working dwarves in Hollywood that, you know, they were in fucking Wizard of Oz. They were in this and that, you know? Yeah, they, they were a lot, know, there were a lot of There dwarves. was a circle of them where they all kind of, you know, took those roles in movies you know but you know, Tom Thumb was only two feet three inches in height hmm. which is which yeah. is crazy to think about and then uh, we were talking about Lord Minimus right uh, recently which is I think is and an Michu amazing... you know Michu was a was a good one too you know oh yeah Michu I forgot about because he was he was the guy in the off suit but then he'd also always be on like Mike Douglas because he was also in Ringley Brothers oh, yeah, and he'd yeah, be he on Mike Brothers. Douglas all the time he'd be like They'd be like, you know, so meet you. Uh, we heard you're getting married. And he'd be like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's great. You know, because he was like, I don't know, from Hungary or something. And he had this really, you couldn't understand a goddamn word he said. You know, who was the dwarf that played R2D2? He was a famous I, dwarf. I don't know. Wasn't he one of the Time Bandits? I think so, yes. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but, but Lord Minimus, which is a great name for a band, Lord Minimus. Good right. metal band name. Uh, Jeffrey Hudson. We were talking about him him the other day, and he was like the the dwarf. Um, this was like in the 1600s. He was like the court dwarf of like the Duchess of England or something mm. a long time ago. But that guy was only 18 inches tall. However, I read about it. Like he, and he had a crazy life. Like he had an insane life. Like Lord Minimus was the dwarf, the court dwarf for this Duchess of England. And while in France, apparently he challenged a like a guy that had been mocking him to a duel mm-hmm. and he shot the guy right through the head. This, this dwarf did. And I guess apparently duels were outlawed in France at the time. So mm. uh, the Duchess had to banish Lord Minimus. And so mm. while he was banished in exile, he was kidnapped or abducted uh, by uh, some Barbary pirates. And mm. he was abducted for like, you know, for years on this, like enslaved on the ship and they would just bugger this dwarf. They would bugger him every night. The whole ship would just bugger the dwarf. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and apparently, after this experience of just rampant buggery by these pirates, he grew 45 inches. So when he finally was released from the pirates, he was like 45 inches taller. Okay. No longer a marvel. I don't know if that's how science works, but, you know, interesting. It's a lot of protein, a lot of protein in your anus. So oh, is that, was that how it works? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of... Uh, yeah. of By court- the way, yes, I, I am correct. The, uh, Harry, um, Harry Earls, who played um, Hans in Freaks, also was one of the munchkins. Oh, he was a munchkin too. Yeah, and he was in a, his, he was in his, in a quartet of siblings that were a singing group called the, uh, the Dancing Dolls, how, the doll family. How tall was, uh, was that dwarf? Hmm... It's a good question. I, I don't I don't know because he was tiny. He was like a pituitary dwarf. Like he was proportionate, mm-hmm. but yeah. he was tiny. He probably would have been like maybe two feet tall. He was a little person, correct? He was a little man mm-hmm. with a big heart. Um, 
But so what, what got me onto this dwarf thing is it was kind of weird. You know how like sometimes you like you see a dwarf and you're thinking about dwarves and then someone sends you an article about dwarves and then you spend the whole week thinking about dwarves. I could say that's never fucking happened to me. Oh, well, yeah. then, then you watch some. I feel like you think about dwarves more than I do, which which I do never pretty much. Well, it's a keyword in my Pornhub. Ah, okay. There we go. There it is. I see. <laughs> well, anyway, the article yeah. I read, though, about uh, mm. dwarves, that's kind of why I wanted to do this as the topic on the show here, mm. about dwarves, I guess kind of like court dwarves, but these dwarves are like modern court dwarves, so dwarves mm. in music. Because Ozzy had, that's what blows my mind. I've been a fan of Ozzy for decades. Loved Ozzy. Had no idea, never knew that he actually had his own dwarf. Do you know that? Um, I, well, I told I sent you that article. Yeah, I learned it this week. Yeah, yeah. Ozzy had a personal dwarf. Now, Kid Rock, he had a dwarf. He did. Yeah. Um, How did that guy die? Who Kid, uh, Rock Kid Rock's dwarf? Yeah. I think he actually had a lot of uh, kidney issues. I think it was kidney uh, failure. I like see. Uh, he had he had to do daily dialysis and he took like sixty five pills. Joe Good C God. was his name. Right. Um, but Ozzy's personal dwarf was uh, it's an interesting story because I think. His personal dwarf, John Edward Allen, closely resembles the court dwarves of the bygone era. Because um, I think he was doing it out of cruelty, which is odd. Ozzy's a weird man. He's a weird man. Done a lot of drugs back then, you know? So Ozzy Osbourne had a personal dwarf named John Edward Allen. And this was around the time, late 70s, early 80s, when he just, 1979, he got fired from Black Sabbath. So remember how like Black Sabbath did those epic, amazing records? And then like towards the end of the 70s, there were like oh, two just kind of mediocre records, like Technical right. Ecstasy and uh, what's that last one? I forget the name of the last one, but th there's some mediocre records. I don't think I've even heard those. Eh, not mm. that good. Not mm. that good. Like Sabotage, I think was the last Ozzy Sabbath album that was just awesome. Mm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Ozzy, due to drug and alcohol problems, not even showing up for gigs and, uh, you know, and, and or, or recording sessions, uh, the band decided to fire him in 1979. And Osborne was replaced by former Rainbow vocalist Ronnie James Dio. Yeah. Who, you know, at the time, I remember when I when I was really into Sabbath, I was like, oh, fuck Dio Sabbath. That shit sucks. It's not it's not Sabbath without Ozzy, but Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules are two really good records. And if you ever got into it, I don't care for Dio in any way. See, I, I liked I, mm. I got into Dio later, but when I went back and listened to Heaven and Hell, Heaven and Hell and Mob Rules are just two really good records. But mm. you got to get past the Dio vocals, mm. you know. Um, so upon his dismissal, Ozzy was bitter. He said, "I got ninety six thousand pounds for my share of the name." So I just locked myself away, spent three months just doing coke and booze. My thinking was, this is my last party, because after this, I'm just going to go back to Birmingham and be on the dole. Mm. Well, that's not what happened. Um, he ended up uh, having a very successful solo career and racked up hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars in album sales. Uh, with all that being said, um, he had a weird sense of humor. Ozzy had a warped sense of humor. And he would uh, repeatedly test the borderline of acceptability. And so this is where John Edward Allen, Ozzy's dwarf, came in. So John Edward Allen was three foot, 10 inches tall. And uh, he, he was from Southampton in England. Um, and I guess uh, in, a, in a kind of a life change, he decided to pack up his bags and fly to America 
to, uh, to fulfill his ambitions of becoming a, an actor. And so he moved in with his sister in California. If, you, if, if you've, ever, uh, you've ever listened to the album, the Ozzy solo album, Speak at the Devil, or Speak of the Devil? I don't know. I, so I don't think so. Randy Rhodes is on it. It's, it's a cool gatefold album, actually. I'll, I'll show it to you next time you're here. But if you, in the inside of the gate, you see Ozzy just kind of sitting there with his shirt off and like wearing like red leather pants. And there's this like grim reaper dwarf with like blood coming out of his mouth. That's Ozzy's dwarf. Sure. So after landing a couple gigs on Broadway, um, Alan's career snowballed with one success after another. He was actually in Blade Runner. He played the role of Kaiser. And I'm... I don't quite remember it, but I was he one of the replicants that worked for that weird scientist guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene with, uh, with him and Daryl Hannah. Right. Um, uh, he was in a movie called paradise alley with Sylvester Stallone. I don't know that one either. Don't know it. Paradise alley. Uh, he was in the wizard of Oz. Apparently. Mm. Um, he also, uh, what wizard of Oz? Oh, wait, a place on the wizard of Oz. Okay. Okay. What's Is that like a later one? I have no idea. Well, it's um, probably not the original. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, this would have been like the what the seventies. Uh, he even performed for uh, Jimmy Carter at the White House in the late seventies. Uh, but despite his successes, Alan had some issues. I guess he was described as a, a, a rather troubled guy. He liked to drink, almost as much as much as Ozzy liked to drink. Sure. And so uh, what happened around like so Ozzy's first solo record was coming out. Um, Speak of the Devil and Diary of a Madman. And so at that time, Ozzy was, just became obsessed with the idea of introducing a dwarf to his live performance. So he had his, you know, uh, care, his, uh, whatever, caregivers or whatever, his, uh, his, his people uh, go out and find a dwarf. So he had them go out. He had the record label go out, find a dwarf. They put the word out, and they hired Alan for the duration of both his Diary of a Madman and the Speak of the Devil tours. Um, but what, I guess what reflects Ozzy's weird sense of humor, he didn't call um, John, John, Allen, uh, John Allen by his name. He renamed him Ronnie. And what was a direct dig at Ronnie James Dio, who I guess you could say is vertically challenged. I think Ronnie, Ronnie James Dio is like five foot one. He was a weird-looking right. dude, too. You, hmm. Did you ever see the, uh, that album Elf? It was before hmm. Rainbow. That's where he came from. There's like a... Back then, even in Elf, he was like kind of a hippie. It's sort of like shitty blues rock. Okay, I don't think so. Yeah, it was like his band before Rainbow. But hmm. he was just such a fucking weird-looking guy. Hmm. Um, claims he invented the devil horns. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> anyway... Um, uh, he, he started calling the dwarf Ronnie, which is a direct dig at Ronnie James Dio. And a lot of people speculated about the naming of the dwarf at the time. But it was uh, Ozzy's drummer, Tommy Aldridge, who confirmed it. He said, you know, sometimes we say and do things that are not on. He's like, but Ozzy deliberately chose the name Ronnie. He said, Ozzy always had a weird sense of humor. Uh, he took full, of, full advantage of any opportunity to poke fun at Ronnie James Dio. So Ozzy was just a bitter guy, also held a grudge. And he's like, you know, how much cocaine did Ozzy do back then? Right. Um, so anyway, during his live performances on the show, he would have his roadie dwarf, Alan, come out and serve him drinks, hand him a towel. And uh, then he would, many fans would recall that Ozzy would make wisecracks with the crowd, saying things like, say hi to little Ronnie here. He lives in a little hole. 
Mm. And, you know, people would kind of laugh and joke, which seems rather insensitive if you think about it. Um, but then at the very end of the show, which I guess is kind of like the coup de grace here, he did this song, Goodbye to Romance, which is a track he'd written about leaving Sabbath. He would bring Ronnie out during this song and he would hang him from like this arch on top of the stage. He would hang him during that song, um, which is just bizarre. Like, this is fucking weird. And everybody was just kind of like, yeah, that's cool. And he did it for like eight months. Mm. I mean, I imagine he was getting paid like handsomely for it, but still, like the dude fucking hung you from the stage. Right. And there's pictures of him just hanging from this like arch. Um, so now uh, the, the, their relationship kind of had some issues because uh, both of them tended to like, over, overindulge in stimulants and alcohol. And oftentimes uh, Ozzy would be criticized for his treatment of Ronnie. Uh, so one, one story that I read that, is that he locked him in the luggage compartment of a tour bus while being interviewed by a journalist. And I guess Ozzy was really pissed off because Ronnie showed up drunk and was late. So he just like threw him in the luggage compartment. And uh, the drummer... It was like, what are you doing, man? And you can't do that. It's, it's not only illegal, it's inhumane. And uh, Ozzy just snapped and started screaming, he's my fucking midget. I'll fucking do whatever I want with him. And then at that point, this like voice could be heard coming out of the luggage compartment said, he's right, I'm his midget. He can do what he wants with me. Isn't that terrible? It's pretty bad. <laughs> so anyway... Um, he he did it for he was on tour for the remainder of the speak of the uh, Diary of a Madman and Speak of the Devil tour, and would be hung every evening. But then shortly after that, uh, Randy Rhodes died in that plane crash, and uh, Ozzy just lost it. Like Ozzy shaved his head, started doing crazy amounts of drugs, and he I guess they said he he John Edward Allen the Dwarf left the band, but I think he got fired, hmm. and uh, then he moved back to England, tried making movies, and then at forty nine he died from an overdose suicide. So I'm pretty sad. Mm. But yeah. So anyway, he was an overdose of, suicide. I wonder yeah, how a, they knew it was a suicide. I don't know. Maybe he just you took know, just a, a note or something. Yeah. Or left a note or took a ridiculous amount of drugs. Mm. But yeah, like court yeah. dwarves, you know, and totally Kid Rock. I mean, technically kind of had a court dwarf too, but Kid Rock didn't poke fun or, you know, or use a dwarf to poke fun at someone else. I mean, Kid Rock actually incorporated Joe C into his band. Mm. Like apparently uh, Kid Rock was, I mean, Kid Rock wasn't seeking a dwarf to be a part of the band. I guess like at uh, his performances in, in uh, Michigan, um, every show, this uh, dwarf would come there. This little guy, Joe C, would stand on the table and rap every word to every song. And mm. so after the show one time, uh, someone, I guess Joe C asked someone, said, said that he wanted to smoke a joint with Kid Rock. And Kid Rock thought he was a child. He thought he was an 11-year-old kid. And he agreed to smoke a joint with him. And then mm. when he met him, he was like, no, I'm 21. He was like, oh, you're hired. You're going to be part of the show. Mm. And so I guess uh, I, I, I was reading something about it. In the, the video for Cowboy, he yeah. like sparred with Gary Coleman. Do you remember this? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my I, God, I yeah. I remember that. Got about that. I mean, Gary, how big was Gary Coleman? He was at least five foot, I think. No, he wasn't that big. He was less than five feet. But I thought he was, when he was young and cute, he was like four foot two or something. But then I thought he like grew fat and old and grew, you know, from all the buggery. Grew like a few inches. I don't know. I don't know if, if buggery, you know, 
We might we we'll have to fact check that. You know what I mean? Let's let's check with our team. Let's check with our research team on the on the uh, gr- buggery growth data. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna uh, ask I'm, ask Sheila ask Sheila down in R and D. You know, if she can just check that for us. Yeah, you know? have to get the interns to look that up. Yeah, yeah. Because we I, I'm wondering about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. But yeah, yeah Ju- he was okay. He was four feet eight inches. Bruh. That's Bruh. how. Bruh. That's, oh, that's how uh, tall he was. Yeah, hmm. that's right. So Joe C was uh, how tall was Joe C? He was uh, three foot nine. Mm. He was a short guy. I guess. Uh, you know yeah. He, he had to take sixty pills daily, in addition to undergoing daily dialysis as well. Good God. Yeah, I mean, just because like, is that just a thing that happens? Because like, not everything is. Yeah, not everything's fully developed. Right. I think you some. Yeah. I, th- I think mm. dwarfism. Yeah, you know, as you were saying, there's many different kinds, and I think his form of dwarfism resulted in medical problems well because there's like the thing where it's like if you're like seven feet tall like you're probably not gonna live that long you're like you're probably yeah. gonna not live to 70 you know in a lot of cases just because like there's more fucking blood you know it's more places for the blood Your to body go has to work you, harder yeah you know? it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna cause problems and if you weigh like 800 pounds you're also probably not gonna live to be 70 you know what was weird and this is kind of, I was just thinking about this while we started talking about this. Remember in the, um, uh, I think it was, I want to say fuck with Dre Day video. Oh, in yeah, the beginning, yeah, yeah. they had a guy that was supposed to be like the old, you know, they had a little comedy sketch where the guy who, the white guy who's supposed to be like NWA's manager, whoever the fuck that guy was, I forget, that Paul Giamatti played in the oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like an easy, sleazy E is looking for a new group, you know, and they had auditions. And I think the only other guy they get is that dwarf who is or little person, let's say, uh, who is later in uh, Bad Santa, Tony Cox. Oh, wow. That guy? Yeah. I don't even remember that. Andrade. Yeah. 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 It was like the little ske- the little like one minute long sketch before the song actually starts. <laughs> and then and then the rest of the video is Sleazy E being chased around Compton by, I don't know, uh, affiliates of Dre, I assume. <laughs> But it was weird because it was like, because it was like, yeah, we got to get the best guys and they get this dwarf. And I think it's like the joke is like he can't possibly be, you know, fucking edgy or bad or cool. He's a dwarf. He's a dwarf. Yeah. You know, speaking of dwarves in rap, Bushwick Bill is probably the most famous dwarf in rap. He's probably the shortest rapper. Uh, Bushwick Bill uh, from uh, the infamous Ghetto Boys was three foot, eight inches tall. Mm. Um, He was a Jamaican-American rapper. Richard Stephen Shaw is his real name, Uh, but he was known as Bushwick Bill. And uh, he was a member of the the Ghetto Boys. I guess he started or he he joined the group originally as a dancer Mm. in 1986, and they called him Lil Billy. But then he, uh, you know, he could rap. He was talented. He became uh, the third uh, member of the band with Willie D and Scarface. Um, but what's interesting about Bushwick Bill is, I mean, th- some of the that that was the one thing about the the Ghetto Boys is like even now their lyrics still hold up to be like like you listen to like Mind of a Lunatic, and you're just like Jesus, man. I mean, they sing songs about like rape and necrophilia. I mean, it was pretty fucked up at the yeah. time. I don't, I don't even. I mean, they, I think they kind of had, like, borderline mainstream popularity. They did have that song, Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangsta, which kind of mm. was in, uh, I mean, that was in Office Space. Sure. Um, 
And that, that was kind of a hit. But I think at the time, I mean, they were definitely kind of extreme for rap. And this is like late 80s, early 90s. Um, but the, one of the most infamous stories from the Ghetto Boys was when uh, Bushwick Bill had his eye shot out in an altercation that he got into with his girlfriend. I guess he was drunk on grain alcohol. And no one knows exactly what happened, but he had like begged her, not even begged her, threatened her, threatened her child. Uh, he was going to throw her child out the window if she didn't shoot him in the face. And eventually she oh. complied and she shot him in the eye. So uh. I, I found this clip because I was doing some research on it. And uh, I don't even know how this happened, but he was interviewed in 1991 on KUSF, which is the old station I used to do Rampage Radio on in San Francisco. Yeah. I don't know how they got the interview with him because this just mm -hmm. happened. Um, but he was being interviewed by this old DJ that used to work named Billy Jam. But here it is. Here's Bushwick Bill talking about how he had his eyes shot out by his girlfriend. Uh, Bushwick Bill, what about the accent? Do you want to talk about that with the, the Everclear? Sure. Why not? It was like this here. I started out the day drinking Everclear. I like his voice. He's mm. got this because he's Jamaican. He's got kind of a cool accent. But you know, have you ever had Everclear? I don't think I have, actually. It's like fucking grain alcohol. It's like yeah. moonshine. Yeah. She'll fuck you up. Lots and lots of it. Which is strong stuff. Yeah, it is It is corn liquor. And then I moved up to E&J. Then when I went to the club, I had Crown Royal, Long Island Tea, and I had gin. This guy's three foot nine. Mm. <laughs> it's a lot of alcohol. Then, For a afterwards, person. I smoked me some weed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Was you know, I ain't going to lie about it because it's in Rolling Stones. It came out in the beginning of this month, and I said exactly that, so I ain't going to bite my tongue. You know what I'm saying? And when I came home, my girl was asleep, so I woke her up and told her to kill me because I wanted to die. I was tired of, of my life. She said she didn't want to shoot me, so I shot at her and my three-month-old baby first. Then I tried to beat her head in with a vacuum cleaner, but I missed. <laughs> then I gave her the gun and jumped at her, and when can you imagine Jesus dating Christ. this guy? <laughs> he tried to beat her head in with a vacuum cleaner. What the My fuck? God, he's talking about it like he's just like telling a funny anecdote on, you know, Conan or something. You know, <laughs> it's fucking weird, man. Jesus it, it, keep, in, keep in mind, yeah. he's a drunk dwarf that's three foot nine attacking yeah. his, you know, regular height girlfriend with a vacuum cleaner. Right. I see her hand reach the trigger. I put my eye in front of it. And as you can see, I'm a lot happier now because God saw fit to spare me in spite of myself. So the wages of sin is death, but God saw fit to make me have more breath. How did you feel the next morning? I didn't feel nothing. That's the whole thing, too. After she shot me, I started laughing. And I looked in the mirror and said, look, there's a bullet in my eye. You didn't feel regret about everything? I didn't feel nothing. You know no. what I'm saying? Until like two days later, after, after I started thinking about, you know, the, the vision I had of God and everything and him telling me that to... You know, in, uh, I was reading about this. In 2006, Bushwick Bill became a born-again Christian. Hmm. Yeah, I, I heard he was trying to be a preacher for a while. But then in 2010, he was arrested for possession of marijuana and cocaine. Okay. So I don't, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I think he almost got deported or was facing deport, deportation at that time. To, to go back and then like I blacked out and everything was dark and it seemed like it, I, I, I was in hell because all I kept hearing was people screaming and stuff like that you know what I'm saying it was weird it's, at first I, I thought I, I had you know died then next thing I know I'm, I'm alive but what I didn't remember that everybody told me that I fought the ambulance people for an hour it took two ambulances to take me to that to the hospital just to save my life that's how drunk I was so now you're suing Everclear nah you know? I'm not, I'm not going to sue them. Because okay. the, the way I see it is, is this. 
I was the one who took it upon myself to, to consume Everclear. You know what I'm saying? They're just a distributor. I was a consumer. Okay. So, anyway, what you talk about in the music, the Ghetto Boys, it's, it's really what you feel then. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was a homicidal maniac with suicidal tendencies. The homicide I want to commit was on myself, and the suicide is the act thereof. So, uh, one last question, because we are running out of time. What do you see for the future for the Ghetto Boys? For the future, the Ghetto Boys can't be stopped because we're three different minds, you know, collaborating on, on, on many different aspects of life, the things that we go through. Because think about it, a wholehearted action is what you think, what you feel, and what you do. There you have the Ghetto Boys. Name described the background, describes it well. Uh, but <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, hmm. that, that guy would be great to interview, actually. I was trying to get him on the show th through Lenore. Lenore had a contact for uh, Bushwick Bill. I was yeah. trying to get him on the show not that long ago, but uh, never ended up panning out. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was reading that uh, when he, from whatever, I guess he said this in previous interviews, that he died June 19th, hmm. 1991. Hmm. And uh, when he said, I was in the morgue for two hours, 45 minutes before I came to. My toe was tagged, and they were pushing me in the drawer, and I looked both ways. I saw frozen people left and frozen people right. I thought I was dreaming, and I saw people in front of me pushing the door closed, and I was like, yo, and everybody stopped, and I said, I have to pee, and I jumped up, pulled the catheter out, and security for the morgue stood there, and I ended up peeing all over their legs, and then I took off running, and someone yelled, he's alive, somebody help, and mm. then they shot me up with a big needle, and I woke up handcuffed to a hospital bed. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but it's crazy. If you look at the uh, the cover of the album, We Can't Be Stopped, which came out that year, uh, the cover uh, shows a group, you know, Willie D and Scarfacing with uh, Bushwick Bill on a gurney. And he had like, he was lifting the bandage in the hospital with his like bloody eye. I'll post a picture of it. Did you ever see um, The Seven Dwarves of Auschwitz? I never saw that actually. Mm. Was that about the Ovitz? The Ovitz Yeah, Dwarves the Ovitz that... family. Warwick Davis made it actually, made the documentary and narrates it. Um, yeah, pretty interesting shit, man. I think I, I've read about it, but because they were, yeah, it. they were a family of of uh, Jewish dwarves in Hungary or something, and they uh, were in a singing. They were entertainers. They were a singing group called the Lilliput Troop, and they got sent to Auschwitz. Uh, you know, during World War II. And then Mengele was like, well, hot dang, hot dog. Oh, my God, you know? he must have had such and a just boner. Like, yeah, he just was doing experiments on him. They also ended up surviving, actually. Yeah, and we, then should, we should almost do an Israel. intro on them, actually. Mm. I have to watch that movie. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, mm. all this inspired me to, uh, I think I'm going to befriend that vaping dwarf at my work. Okay. Maybe I'll have to start vaping. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You just vape, don't though. just don't just don't try to, you know, validate your hypothesis about buggery growth with him, please. <laughs> you know, try to avoid doing that. It's going to be like, dude. Yeah. You want to grow about two feet? Well, let's hang out after work. <laughs> I'll introduce him to my brother and be like, hey, yeah. man, I got a, I got a good idea for you. You know, just go to the archives <laughs> to look at Megala's notes. All right. Don't go. Don't go testing it out yourself, please. <laughs> Uh, People's episode 671 here is sick and wrong. We have stories coming up next. We have phone calls after that. But first, here's a word about our Patreon page. Do you need more sick and wrong in your life? Do you need one more news story to make you feel normal? Are three phone calls barely enough to feed the raging beast of desire? Well, then it's time for you to get the help you need and become a sick and wrong patron. Sign up at patreon.com slash sickandwrong and you'll have access to exclusive Patreon-only content such as news stories, 
extra phone calls, and much, much more. Become a patron today and help us make a better sick and wrong for tomorrow. That's patreon.com slash sick and wrong. So the first story we have here uh, was sent in by Daniel. He says, 440-pound man, as Steele would say, he's a good-looking man, uh, demands that someone from the, an all-female fight crew help undress him and wipe his ass. Good times were had by all. Stay sick, and thanks for all the last over 10-plus years I've been listening now. God, that's a long time. Mm. That's a long time. Well, thanks, Daniel, for listening. And, uh, yeah, and he's one of many people who sent this story in, which, you know, I, I wanted to believe. Oftentimes, oftentimes we get these stories that are just too good to be true. Mm. Like you read it, you're like, God, this is just so sick and wrong. There's no way that's a factual story. There's no way. But I searched, you know, I searched uh, several different news sites. Uh, it was on legitimate news sites. I searched Snopes. And I, I, as far as I can tell, this story seems factual. Mm. pans out so we're going to do it here on the show and yes it's very sick and wrong american passenger orders taiwanese flight attendants to wipe his posterior after defecating which is above and beyond yeah i don't think flight attendants i don't think they're required to do that well maybe in taiwan say they're not you know maybe in taiwan definitely not in the u.s like if you're like uh you know so heavy that you can't wipe your own ass I don't even think you can get on a plane. I don't even know how that happens. How well, does that work? A, I was wondering if they had uh, mm. weight limits for passengers on commercial airlines. Yeah, or I mean, at the very least, you got to buy more than one seat, you know? So what a female chief purser and her mm. crew of flight attendants on a Taiwanese international airline, EVA Air, EVA Air. Mm. Um, I'm not quite sure what a purser is. I imagine, is that like the head flight attendant? No idea. I don't know. Um, I think that's isn't that like the um, the guy who sells um, indulgence plenary indulgences in Canterbury Tales. The purser. <laughs> yeah, isn't that or maybe that's a parson. Yeah, I think that's the yeah the, I don't the know, summoner something. or something. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Eva Air reportedly left. Uh, they were all left uh, traumatized after an American passenger, of course, it has to be American, tried to coerce them into wiping his butt after defecating. Oh, 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 come here, come here. Come here. Oh, oh, I, I, I need, it's embarrassing. I, I need you to wipe my, my buttocks region. Put your hand back there. Mm, I was defecating in the, in the bathroom and I just can't reach it. I'm sorry. The mm. chief purser, identified only by her surname, Kuo, uh, she revealed in the press conference that the passenger made unreasonable requests from the flight's all female cabin crew. Hmm. Um, apparently the man asked the crew to pull down his pants and then told them to wipe his backside after he finished relieving himself. And this is the weird thing in this story that they don't name the passenger, maybe because he hasn't been charged with a crime, but you'd think this would be a crime. Chief Purser Kuo, we have the alien creature, uh, sealed in the airlock. What do you want us to do? Wipe his ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the unnamed passenger is described as Caucasian and obese was using a wheelchair during the flight from Los Angeles to Taipei. This guy's got to be a sex tourist. That's, that description can fit like 70% of Americans, you know, <laughs> Caucasian, not, obese and, and, and a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Well, not the wheelchair part, but yeah, but yeah the, a lot of them. Okay. Well then what those like little, uh, mobility fucking right. parts. Sure. Um, yeah. 
Allegedly, he first asked to be moved to a row with three available seats because mm. he couldn't just fit in two. And then he requested a flight attendant to assist him in going to the bathroom. That's what, when I first read that, I was like, you know, there has to be weight limits. Where did he go? To China? Why Taipei, he to Ch- Taiwan. Why? Why? I think What's sex tourism. There? I think he's going oh. there and then he's going to go to fucking oh, man. like Thailand or something. Because oh, why else God. would a huge sod buster go to like an Asian yeah. country? Mm. Um, but have you ever had to sit next to a huge fat person like that on a, a flight? Great, great, great fat person? Um, <laughs> like a massive sod buster? Not, not like a huge fucking lunatic that needs two seats, no. But I mean, I've had to sit next to big, wide people. And, and it's like, it's all well and good to be sensitive, but it's like when you're in that situation, you're like, you fat fuck. Oh, my God. I, you know, you, you're so angry about it. Like, I just, you get so bitter about it, you know? I sat next to this guy. Mm-hmm. This is on my, I, my flight to Florida for that cruise. He was so big, and he was wearing shorts. And it was just like his oh. fat thighs were just up against my jeans, and I was just, I was so disgusted. Like, I was kind of moving my legs over, and it was just, and it, there's not that much room. Yeah. Uh, that, that guy should have had his, he should have had his own row. So anyway, and, th- and that's the other thing. He's in economy. How can you even walk down the aisle if you're that big? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, I don't know, man. So the you man know? claimed he couldn't use his right hand because he was recovering from surgery. He also complained that the economy toilet. Don't fucking toilet, fly to Taiwan, you fuck. Yeah. You know? He also complained Jesus. that the economy toilet was too small for him to actually use. So that alone, you should be on the no-fly list. You yeah. can't fit in the bathroom. You shouldn't yeah. be allowed to fly. Yeah. Although, to be fair, they do make that shit smaller every goddamn year. Every goddamn year, they make small. that shit smaller, and it's annoying. I always wonder how people get in the Mile High Club. How do you fuck in one of those tiny little rooms? Yeah. See, we're presenting both sides of this issue. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Very objective here. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't like to show bias. After the flight attendant escorted the man to the business class toilet, he reportedly demanded that the door is kept open for better circulation while he defecated. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, man. See, at that point. Because it can't be like a, a healthy <laughs> bowel movement, you know? Well, the other thing. you know he just eats like fucking three pizzas a day or something, you know? I mean, I've seen the shows. I know what happens. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. The other thing is, who shits on a plane? Yeah. How many times like have you ever shit on a plane? Like, it's got to smell like a rotting walrus, you know? <laughs> Jesus I, I, like, Christ. While he's doing it. I mean, yeah, I try to avoid it, <clears throat> right? I think, if you're getting on a plane, even if you have to shit, you try to do it in the airport before, yeah. you know. Well, I would be, I'm too <clears throat> self-conscious because, I mean, the, the odor is going to, like, the people in the, you know, the first few rows are probably yeah. going to smell it. And I don't want to, like, come out and just, like, you know, the stewardesses see me just, like, befouling this bathroom. Mm. So I, w- I would never do this. But this guy, you know, it's a big guy. Probably ate, like, a walrus or something. Yeah. Um, but so he demanded that the door is kept open for better circulation. It would be at this point, as a passenger, I would say something. I would be like, what the fuck is going on back there? Shut the fucking door right now. I paid for a business class seat. I don't want to see this big, huge, obese piece of shit, shit. I don't want to watch it. (laughs) I would be, I mean, would you fucking barf? Miss, miss, I'm afraid I, I... 24 cans of Boston baked beans before I got on this here flight. 
And I mean, that's got to go somewhere. But the uh, flight attendant insisted on closing the door, so they, they closed yeah. the door. But after he did it... I should have fucking nailed it shut. <laughs> well, after they did it, he immediately pressed the emergency assistance button and demanded that the crew pull his pants down for him. Are you... F- yeah, he said he couldn't do it because his hand, because his hand, you know, from the surgery. Um, she said, we can't help you do that. And he started screaming. He mm-hmm. said, you have to come in here immediately and pull my pants down or I'm going to relieve myself on the floor. Now, what, while all this was happening, what was his companion walrus doing? Because <laughs> didn't he have one? Of, <laughs> he demanded to have one of those brought on too. Well, the, mm. the, don't you think if you're that obese, you would yeah. have like a fucking keeper that would come out and fucking, you know, change your diapers or whatever the fuck they do? If you're obese and wealthy, yeah. But that's just expensive, you know? I guess. But you shouldn't be doing sex tourism if you can't fucking afford, you know, an entourage of fat carers or something, right? Well, so the guy said if she if they didn't come in and do this, he's going to yeah. relieve himself on the floor. I would have called his bluff at that point. Because do you, you think just, the guy really would have shit himself and sat in the plane and shit for the next fucking wait, 13 hours? If they didn't do what? like Pull his pants down. He was just going to shit himself. Uh, I don't know how he get, got away. I don't know how he's getting away with this shit because, like, I don't know, post 9-11, it's like if you, like, yell at a stewardess, like, you get sent to Guantanamo Bay, I feel. Well, in the you know? U.S., they're in Taiwan on a Taiwanese okay. airline. Because at that point, they could just be like, okay, see that guy over there? He's an undercover air marshal. He will shoot you in the head, you which, know? Which like, this guy, that would be justified. That's a justifiable mm, homicide yeah. at this point. Um. So as the uh, passengers' genitals were now exposed. Oh, my. <laughs> Wait, in the bathroom they were? Well, yeah, because they, okay. they were helping him pull his pants yeah, down yeah, and his genitals yeah. were exposed. One of her colleagues brought a blanket. Mm. And did, did you see a picture of these women? No. They're all like really cute Asian women. Right. So like this is this guy's fantasy. You know mm. this guy's getting off on it. <sighs> you know he must have been aroused. So they brought a blanket to cover him. And uh, he became very angry. He slapped her hand away, saying he what? didn't want it, and he only wanted him or them to remove his underwear so he could use the toilet. What the fuck? The okay. crew granted the <laughs> the crew granted the request. They left the man alone, only to be called to the toilet again to demand to be wiped. So, in order not to leave the lone passenger trapped in the lavatory. The chief attendant here put on three pairs of latex gloves and reluctantly agreed to do it. She should get like a gold star or something or a promotion. I mean, if I was on that flight, well, first of all, I would have quit. I would have been like, I'm done, done. Yeah. But second, I would have just left his ass in there and been like, wipe your own fucking ass because you're not coming out. Yeah. You know, I mean, do, do you think they drew straws to see who would have to do it? Probably, you know. <laughs> he hit her hand a- away or something? Yeah, so she like, can cover him. Oh, my God. So it's fucking... But, I mean, I'm sure the cellulite covered his fucking dick. But it's like, can you imagine? It's like, the, you know, the, this like fucking, like, angry, bulbous gas bag <laughs> is on a fucking airplane trying to live out his adult baby <laughs> fantasies. Uh, some poor, like, fucking little Japanese uh, flight attendants. 
That's crazy, man. That's, That's crazy insane. town. So That's completely she, insane. She put on, and this is an attractive woman. If you look at the pictures, mm. the, all of them are attractive. It's like, you know, they, 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 they're in like the, the porn that you watch that's pixelated. And so they put on three pairs of latex gloves, this, this woman, and this hero, this heroine. You know, she's a heroine, you know. Uh, she, right. she put on three pairs of latex gloves, and while she was wiping his enormous backside, just think about I mean, think about it. Like like mounds of feces. Oh, They're just trapped man. in his hairy ass. Oh like, no! And yeah. while she's wiping the man's backside, he allegedly started moaning to express pleasure from the act. Ugh. He said, "Oh, mm, deeper, deeper," and then he accused her of not wiping properly, and he mm. requested that she do it again. You know, he must have been loving this. Yeah, yeah. She was forced to repeat the action three more times before the <sighs> passenger eventually said, you can pull my pants back up now. Mm. Mm. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I, mean, I wonder how many times this guy has done this, and I bet you it only works on an Asian airline. Because they have like, that, that, that ingrained hospitality. Yeah. Because it would never, could, could you imagine them trying to do this on a Southwest flight? Right. <laughs> um, um, look at that a picture of him. It's like, ooh, man. It kind of looks like, what, like ZZ Top if they're obese. Yeah, he actually looks like an older, like an old version of like a big obese kid I went to high school with, you know? So EVA Air expressed that members of its staff are not obliged to accept demands from passengers, mm. even those who might require special assistance. The airline also said it's, it's prepared to offer assistance to its crew should they decide to sue the offensive passenger, which they fucking should. Yeah, um, they should. Uh, Kuo, who's, who's the, uh, the woman here, um, she said that uh, the problem is that it's, it's systemic and it's originated from a service industry culture that promotes meeting the customer's every demand. And the union here suggested that the passenger and others like him get banned and that they uh, hire a male, the male cabin staff. Because I she wonder. She said if, it. She said it's um, uh, it's a cultural thing. Is that they said? In for uh, Taiwanese airlines, it's a uh, service industry culture I that see. promotes meeting mm. the customers' every demand. Right. Um, she was actually. Yeah, I guess if you're like, it's like, if it's like that, and you're generally trying to make customers happy, it, I guess it could be hard to draw the line. But that seems like a good place to do it. You know, well, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So the flight attendant went through the ordeal, uh, took to social media to express her thoughts about the incident. And uh, I guess people were asking her questions about it. And she said, during the moment, I did not act in a submissive manner. He just kept insisting that I agree to wipe his butt. As I stated in my original post, I only agreed to help him off the toilet seat. She said, our company culture has always been more critical of our own employees than the passengers. She goes, of course, I could have let him just relieve himself in his pants. Well, then the rest of the passengers in the 80% filled cabin would suffer because of this. Yeah. Some suggested that we just leave him in the lavatory with his pants down and his ass, you know, sullied with feces. However, flight regulations generally prevent us from allowing passengers to be in the toilet during takeoff and landing. Right. Um, She said it's difficult to stand your ground against unreasonable customers when your employer has exhibited a pattern of not only failing to support their own employees in such situations, but also to question their performance. Aha. Yeah. Yeah. You know, seriously, she deserves a GoFundMe. We should do a GoFundMe for this this whole flight crew. Yeah. They deserve like a year supply of Dove soap, 
and a vacation <laughs> of Bali or something. Yeah. You know, it's like, Jesus Christ, what a nightmare. Ugh. I would, uh, dude, I would be having PTSD for the rest of my life. Yeah. Ugh. Like, I would if like her tiny little hands were just enveloped by the flesh. And it's 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 like he couldn't do it with one hand because of whatever. Do it with the other hand. I don't you know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, then yeah. I don't know if it would have fallen off. Mm. God. Or take a. Oh my God! There's so many problems here. <laughs> this, this is horrible, man. I I just yeah. I would have left him in there. But first of all, yeah. I wouldn't have done that. I would have been. I would have called this bluff and be like, dude, you're not mm. gonna shit yourself. Mm. And, I mean, but I don't know. I mean, maybe he might just to do is, it. Isn't there a button they can hit that just makes the floor of the bathroom like trap door and then they fall out of the plane and then it <laughs> it's just like comes release back. from yeah. the plane? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. And maybe in a James Bond movie, but that would right. be great though. That would be yeah. great. That's that's what should have happened in this situation. Right. Man. What All do you right. have here for the second story? All right. But that but not not I got <clears throat> Oregon man uh, has been sentenced to nearly 20 years or no, no, nearly two years in prison. Big difference there. In order to register as a sex offender for raping a horse last year. Oh, that story is yeah. not nearly as sick as my story. Yeah. <laughs> this was uh, sent in by my cousin, Zach. I always get confused mm. how you're supposed to say Oregon because I always say Oregon. But then people mm. count like Pacific people, Pacific Coast people are like, it's Oregon. It's Oregon. What, what did I say? Uh, Oregon. That's what I okay, usually yeah. say. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I always, I mean, if, you, if you spell it phonetically, it looks like it's Oregon. Who are they to say what it is? You know? Uh, well, they're like, in California, we say Oregon. It's like, whatever. Yeah. You do a lot of things out here, man, you know, <laughs> that I'm never going to do. Like, fuck. Yeah, whatever. Um... <laughs> Kenneth Dyke, 21, Kenneth pleaded, Dyke. pleaded guilty on Friday <laughs> Mr. to Dyke. charges of sexual assault of an animal, burglary, and unlawful use of a motor vehicle. Jesus. Yeah. Harsh. I'm not sure about that last one. That is, you know, like, did he yeah, fuck when, the car after too? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, did he rape the tractor? Like, what, what yeah. happened? Mm. Uh, Dyke was arrested in April after a homeowner near Hillsboro, Oregon, discovered that her stables had been broken into and found her black mare named Ellie tied up in an unusual way. Well, the homeowner's in the bondage too. I, I think probably just like you know, actually I don't know what the fuck they mean, right? Because <laughs> normally like you tie a horse up. Knots, I mean, like you with just, its legs yeah, spread yeah. Apart. I think normally when they say you, oh, I tied up my horse, it's just like you just took the rope and they just tied it around a you know, wooden thing, right? Yeah, but this guy sounds but, like he, like, did something here. Yeah, he did some shibari, probably. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, the homeowner said uh, she took a photo of Ellie and sent it to her daughter, a veterinarian, who said it appeared as though someone had engaged in a sexual contact with the horse. See, I always wonder, like, how can you tell? Like, is it... How the fuck did she... Yeah. You're like, is its vagina irritated or something? It was a female yeah. horse, right? Yeah, Ellie, and it's yeah. like, oh, I took a photo of it. Like, how did she look I mean, at one photo of it and was like, oh, your horse has been fucked. Was there yep. semen dripping out of it? Like, how do, how do you know? I don't know. I don't know. You know? Is there a oh, rape the horse, kit for horses? The horse had a glow about her, and that's how we could tell. Like, <laughs> I don't know. post-coital glow on the yeah, horse's yeah, yeah. face. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Authorities examined Ellie and uh, collected DNA evidence from her. Uh, the day before discovering the sexual assault of her horse, uh, the homeowner told deputies that a man had called her and asked for permission to sleep on her property, but she turned him away. Hmm. That's odd. That's a weird thing to even ask. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's probably going to be more common as things go on, you know? Well, where, where is this again? Like when we get to our next like great big depression at some point in the next five years, yeah. we'll probably have a lot of hobos being like, hey, man, can we camp out on the edge of your yard, ma'am? You know? Gotta sleep in my barn. You mm. can wipe my ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, where's this? Oregon. Oh, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, uh, Mr. Hands was in Seattle. I think there's a lot of horse raping up in the Pacific Northwest. Who's Mr. Hands? I don't remember Mr. Hands. Not really. It's, it's sounds a, familiar, but... It was like an old... It was, I think, like the first couple of years of doing Sick and Wrong. But it was around 2006, 2007. Mm. They found a whole bestiality ring of these... Like, I mean, there are people that were you know, garbage men ranging up to like Boeing engineers, like engineers from mm. Boeing, uh, that would all get together on this farm in uh in seattle like outside of in outside of seattle washington and they would just like have sex with all the different animals and you worked your way up to mr hands who was a stallion and uh one guy i guess like there's a video of it too got fucked to death by mr hands like the, the horse's massive dick just like punctured his intestines i remember okay i do remember that my, my favorite it's part, weird you have to work your way up to it like it's fucking Mega Man or some well, shit. That that <laughs> you know he's like the boss. Well, yeah, that was the problem. Is they were like, dude, you don't want to start with Mr. Hands, and this guy was really mm -hmm. ambitious. He was like, oh, I were can they, take it. Were they getting fucked or by no, the horses or fucking getting the horse? getting fucked? Getting fucked. So you kind of worked your way up, like you trained your sphincter to take you know a bigger dick each time. Like you went from like pig to goat to horse. Jesus. But, it, but anyway, my favorite part of the story was uh the cops raided this farm and they found just like, I don't know, hundreds of videotapes and they had to watch all the tapes to try to identify you know, the people that were committing bestiality. And it yeah. took them, it took them months to get through all those tapes. Could oh. you imagine? Oh, <laughs> oh God. All right. Yeah. Well, um, God damn it, man. Uh, See, I'll send you oh, yeah. the video of Mr. Hands later. After no, you know what? I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> um, after the call, uh, the homeowner said that she saw a homeless-looking man who ident identified himself as being Dyke uh, talking with her neighbors. Dyke was arrested on April 24th after deputies found him sleeping in his car in the parking lot of Walmart. Following his arrest, is that illegal? Did, uh, did Dyke look like a Dyke? Um, no, he looks like a fucking monster mutant. <laughs> okay. He's got that giraffe neck. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was uh, my cousin who said this to me. He was like, actually, he looks more like a giraffe rapist because he's <laughs> literally got a fucking long neck, like a frightening, you know, like as if he was like, you know, grew up wearing those like metal rings like they do in certain tribes in Africa to make their <laughs> necks long. He looks like that, you know? He looks like a, like an alien, you know? My brother was dating a guy. I think it was around my 40th birthday. We all went to Vegas. He brought this guy with him to Vegas. And this dude's neck had to have been like eight inches long. It was like such a really weird long neck. And we, we just called him Draft Neck because we couldn't remember his name. And after that, <laughs> after that trip, my brother just broke it off on them because he couldn't mm. stop thinking about his Draft Neck. Yeah. 
It's a weird. It's a weird thing. Do women have draft necks? I'm sure they do. You I haven't know? met too many women who draft. This yeah. guy. This guy has an unusually long neck. Yeah, I. I haven't. I can't think of anyone else I've seen like that. No. You know? I didn't, yeah. He does yeah. look like that African tribe that stretches yeah. their necks. Yeah. He looks like those aliens that um, that cloned Django Fett. <laughs> in uh. <laughs> On that planet, yeah, yeah. Why do I know know that? I don't know. I don't know. It was even from like the later. I don't even like Star Star Wars that much. And I know so much about. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's very strange. But yeah, anyway, he looks like one of those fucking things. You know, god damn. It's like elongated Uh, neck. It's weird. Yeah. Following his arrest, uh, authorities called collected Dyke's DNA, which was a match to the fluid found inside Ellie the horse. Ugh. That's he didn't even wear a condom. Um, why would yeah. you? W- I would wear a condom just just because I'd be worried about like impregnating the horse and making like a horseman, like a centaur. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That'd be that'd be like an incentive to me, you know. I mean, what? That's the would only good reason I could, I could think of for fucking a horse would be like the possibility that you can create a horse man. You can make a little horse man. There's nothing else that appeals to me about fucking a horse other than making a horse man. I'd make a horse so. face daughter or something. <laughs> be like, great. Fucking horse face girl here. Anne Hathaway. Horse face daughter. Oh, come on. Let's not bash Anne Hathaway. All right. Sarah you know? Jessica Parker. That's what would come out. Yeah, and no I'd be like, God, like a little Sarah Jessica. I have no Jessica. problem with that. I, problem with that. <laughs> I actually find Anne Hathaway kind of charming. I don't know why people don't like her. Um, anyway. Um, Would you let her wipe your ass? Sure. You know? <laughs> why not? If she, if that's what she's Deeper. into. Yeah, Deeper. that's what she's into. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I got to say, like during that period of time, when uh, remember when I had like a like an itchy anus? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was on all the drugs and you know, uh, I don't know what it was if it was psoriasis or whatever. But it was I don't know. It was a good three months or something. But it's like it was so itchy all the time. You get used to it. But it's like when you have to wipe your ass, it's like the greatest feeling in the world. <laughs> what, so maybe what? maybe that's what happened with that fucking yeah, that like some kind of cephalopod man or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you look forward to it? A little bit. <laughs> that's, that's so tragic. Yeah, it was real tragic. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Uh, it's not a good look. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So uh, deputy said that Dyke claimed to have broken into the stable to groom the horse, but later admitted to ejaculating on the horse's tail. He also claimed that it was the first and only time he had sexually assaulted a horse, which, you know, that means yeah. it wasn't, no, you know, of course not. That means it was like the ninth time, you, you know, know, the one thing about horses, aren't you like, you're not supposed to stand behind a horse, right? No, because they can not, kick you in the head or something. Yeah, they kick you. Yeah. So, th- so this guy, not only is standing behind the horse, he's sticking his dick in it. Maybe that's why his neck is so long. <laughs> <laughs> he had a normal neck, but he's fucked yeah. so many horses and got kicked in the face. It just yeah. uh, stretched it back. And when it, when it got kicked in the face and it stretched his neck out, it made like a cash register ka-ching sound because <laughs> that's what it would do in a cartoon, you know? It's a really gross cartoon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, 
the probable cause affidavit revealed that Dyke stated that he believed he made a bad decision because he had not been taking his medications for autism spectrum disorder and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for more than a month. Jesus, yeah. I didn't know bestiality was on the autism spectrum. That's what all these guys who like, yeah. like all those guys on like, what was that show with Chris Hansen? The, Catch you know, a Predator. Catch Predator. They're always like, ah, oh, I made a bad decision or like I did something stupid. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, forgetting your umbrella is like, a, <laughs> you know, that's like losing your car keys is something stupid. Yeah, trying to fuck an 11-year-old is not, you know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that doesn't That's, fall under those categories, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, you know, fucking an animal, you know, it just doesn't, <laughs> it's not there. Sorry, you know. Uh, okay, so, and also, I don't, know, I don't know if those two disorders have anything to do with horse fucking. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't think yeah. bestiality is on that spectrum. No. No. But. Following his conviction Friday, a Washington County Circuit Court judge sentenced Dyke to 20 months in prison and barred him from owning a horse <laughs> or any any domestic animal for the next 15 years. Well, that's a good. I was about to say, yeah. like, not just a horse. I mean, you shouldn't be yeah. allowed to have dogs or rabbits or anything. And why just 15 years? Let's just say forever. Let's just do that. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and do that, you know? So when um, you're in prison... Yeah, and you know how like you're in prison, you're a child molester, you're a chomo, and they're gonna like yeah. kill you or bash your head or chop your genitals off. If you're like, I fucked a horse, do they just leave you alone? Like I'm not gonna go near that guy, or is it even he, worse? I think it just makes it very confusing for everybody. You yeah, know, because it's like, what? Why? Yeah, I want to hate mean, you, but I'm also yeah. disgusted by you and curious. You know. I don't know. I mean, if there's a, a segment of the prison population that's like, what? In boarding school, we rode horses and I loved them. So let's shank that motherfucker, you know? Like, I don't yeah. know how that works exactly. So, Do you think he could stick his neck through the bars like Mr. Fantastic and just <laughs> grab the keys and come back? <laughs> That'll make him some friends. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah then he'll be popular. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh, my God. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, the 21 year old man is also required to complete sex offender mental health treatment programs. Um, he, he'd been convicted of burglary and theft charges in 2017 after breaking to his uncle's home and stealing a handgun. Hmm. Uh, Dyke was found unfit to stand trial at first and received several months of treatment at the Oregon state hospital, uh, before he was deemed able to aid his own defense. Uh, at the time of his arrest last April, uh, he was on probation. So. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Wow. How's the horse? Doing all right? I think the horse is fine. All right. It's recovery. You know. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in counseling or something. Right. Um, people send your story. Sing around podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have phone calls coming up next. 323-522-4032 is the sick wrong hotline number. Uh, before we get to that, here's a special Adam and Eve valentine's day live read done by harris and they have a special valentine's day offer they're kind of going all out this time this year right because every year they do a valentine's day thing but now it's like 10 free gifts and i don't know anyway here you do it all right free stuff is the best but free stuff that will ignite your valentine's day is even better check this out 
When you go to adamandeve.com and select almost any one item, you'll get it at 50% off. That's amazing by itself. But here's where they load on the free stuff. When you enter my exclusive code at checkout diddle, not only do you get 50% off the one item, you'll also get 10 tantalizing free items. First, for your viewing pleasure, six free movies. Next, a free mystery pack that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, free shipping. Now that's a lot of free Valentine's stuff. So head on over to adamandeve.com and be sure to use offer code DIDDLE. Again, that's D-I-D-D-L-E. Diddle, because without it, there will be no free Valentine's stuff. That's Diddle at adamandeve.com. So you got a few phone calls to get to. Uh, 323-522-4032 is that number. Remember, keep it under three minutes if you want us to play on the show. Um, we've been getting a lot of calls recently. And, and remember, people, if your call doesn't make it on the regular show, it's usually we, we end up playing the overflow on, pa- on Patreon. So if you sign up for Patreon, you can listen to uh, quite a few more calls. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we, yeah. we had some good ones this week. Uh, some guy uh, pissed himself and uh, just and told us a story in graphic detail because we <laughs> right. need to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this call, this uh, first call we got here is, do you remember on, I think it was the holiday show. I think it was episode 666. Uh, this girl called in and we thought she was like a German sex goddess or something. Yes. And then I mentioned a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. that I had that dream about Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was partially because she sent a, uh, a link to a video of Ilsa She-Wolf. Well, she called back and she's commenting about the uh, dream I had about Taylor Swift. Mm, okay. Hi guys, not so German girl calling. Um, I just had to leave a message about these amazing sex dream with Taylor. <laughs> I like the way she says, with Taylor. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I played like a little mental image in my head with D and his little pajamas, pants down. Taylor, like a Nazi dominatrix, just pegging the fuck out of his ass. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> oh, it makes my day so much better in so many ways. And I probably think about it a little bit too much, but... <laughs> I'm glad to help just... you out there. I'm curious to know what uh... ways, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How does that yeah. make your day better? Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think my humiliation is what makes your day better. I say, yeah. Just makes your life worth living, you know? So do you please continue sharing your sex dreams? They just gives the right spirit to life. I mean, that's how Mengele <laughs> felt about those singing dwarves, you know? Yeah, yeah. And made his life worth living. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that was like his raison debt after he yeah. got those dwarves. He was like, I don't even need all these other twins. I got a family of dwarves to experiment <laughs> on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, what else? Oh, yeah, I did play my call from episode 666 for my boyfriend, and I still get to live in the house. <laughs> Yay, me. And... Do you recall she, like, in that in that message she left in episode 666, mm. she was saying how she was having fantasies of you, right? And they were kind of explicit. Yes. Yeah, so we were, we were commenting, like, oh, I hope your boyfriend doesn't listen. He'll probably be upset. 
apparently no, not. She we she said that. Oh, okay, call. yeah, yeah. So yeah, we like, she was like, agreed. I shouldn't be doing this because of my boyfriend, Body Blow, or whatever. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah. Was that his name, Buddy Blow? Yeah, Buddy Blow. Buddy that was his Blow, name. Yeah. He was one of yeah. He was one of Bazooka <laughs> Joe's friends. Oh, Buddy you know? Blow. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, Bazooka yeah. Joe, Mort, and uh, Buddy Blow. <laughs> Buddy Blow. Yeah. But you know why Dude. Mort threw the clock out the window, right? No why? It was. To, I, actually, I don't. It wasn't to see time fly. It was for some other reason that I can't remember. But that was, only, that was the only. That was the only comic strip that they ever had in oh. Bazooka Joe was one <laughs> something about Mort. Who had an eye patch for some reason throwing the clock out the fucking window? I always hated that gum. Yeah, it sucked. I had some real good fucking afterwards mm. uh, for a few Whoa. days actually. So mm. I would recommend calling in to seek and wrong and pay Patreon because that will just make your sex life so much better. So support seek and wrong. <laughs> Keep it seek I like wrong. Wow. That's I like that, that, that promo there. Mm. It's like, yeah, you'll, you know, give a sex dream about Harrison, let your significant other find out about it. And then you get fucked for like a week straight. And then you get Patreon support. <laughs> I don't That's know the correlation great. there, but I like yeah. it. Yeah. I like My it. My immediate thought is like, huh, how could I make money from this? Yeah. That, or immediately that, that where my mind went. Mm. Well, you know, she called back with a question. Mm. I don't know yeah. if it's a question as much as a proposition okay you ever see that uh, what was that movie with like robert redford and demi moore like woody harrelson uh decent proposal decent proposal yeah yeah i think she wants to remake this mm. okay hi guys it's the not so german girl here again uh i was going to answer the question from last week's episode about short guys with good hair or tall guys with bad hair Oh yeah, you remember this? I was saying I have I don't know if it's my theory or if it's I was talking to some girls and doing like a a uh, a poll saying like would you prefer a short guy with a full head of hair or a tall guy right. with no hair? I remember that, yeah. And I was saying most women would prefer height over hair. Yeah, and I've asked a couple since then and they agreed. They said yeah. height over hair? Yeah, yeah. God fucking bitches. <laughs> And I would definitely choose the tall guys mm. with that hair. Damn it. I mm. am kind of tall myself, and I do like it when guys are taller than me and, like, in general, bigger. What? You don't like holding a man in your arms like a child? <laughs> <laughs> I thought all tall women love that. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe carrying me on their back like a piggyback. I thought that was like something that turns tall girls on. I mean, hell, I'd love to do that. I'd find like a seven foot tall woman. <laughs> just average. I've just... seen a couple in my lifetime, you know? Yeah. We had that one Amazon on the show. Yeah. <clears throat> I also have a thing for like short shaved heads. So, uh, yeah, that's me. Uh, and speaking of tall guys that I like. Hi, Harrison. How are you doing? I assume you're not doing well because you never are. <laughs> yeah, when man, are you she, doing well? Man, she is on it. Yeah, she's, yeah she yeah. knows you. Yeah, she really does. She gets it. Mm -hmm. yeah. New job, so maybe you will have the money to travel to Scandinavia soon. Having some proper time, uh, tying some knots. Collecting some feathers, you know, 
Hold on, hold on. Okay, having a purple time. I no, she said thruple. Oh, thruple. Okay, she said having a thruple and collecting some feathers. (laughs) Fucking bitch. I'm gonna ignore that last remark. <laughs> Just pretend. Although you didn't I gotta hear say, it. throwing that in there makes me doubt the seriousness of such a proposal. Well, you, you haven't know? heard the end of it yet, though. Okay, all right. Yeah. That kind of stuff. <laughs> I can get you a lot of feathers. Yeah. <laughs> I used to own chickens, so I got some connection in the feather business. <laughs> she being fucking. T- uh, uh, okay, I'm sorry. All right, I don't know. <laughs> That was pretty funny. She gets it. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding with the fetters, okay? Is she is she actually <laughs> oh, saying fetters because fetters are restraints and Oh wait, no, the chickens. Okay, sorry. She's saying fetters. Fetters. Okay, Scandinavian right. accent. Mm. Not in food, the fucking fetters. So, so yeah. <laughs> but you know, come to Scandinavia. Keep it safe. Keep it wrong. Well, you you would be really funny if you like totally took her up on this deal and just showed up at the house like, hey, ready for some thruple action? <laughs> <laughs> just a bunch of ostrich yeah. feathers in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder how serious do you think that is? I don't know. Um, I'd, ha- I'd I mean, I'd have to get some details on how the thruple thing would work out. You know? Have you ever been in a thruple before? Couple times, yeah. Male, male, female, or f- yeah, yeah, I've male, done it female, female. Thanks. Yeah. So what? How does that work? Do you do you uh, do you have like you're allowed to have your time with her on Wednesdays and Fridays, or do you guys all do it together? Like oh what, oh oh no no no! I've never been in like a long term throuple. I'm talking about like encounters. Because you've had some threesomes, yeah. but I'm talking about a yeah. throuple, like a relationship. Oh no no no! I've never been. I've I've liked to. And I'll tell you one reason why I think I'd like to do that. I feel like it would keep you on your toes. It would make you your best self because it'd be like two people at all times would be competing for the approval and attention of one other person. So like you wouldn't really have any time to just like relax. You'd always have to be like on your A game. You can't just be like, I'm sad for three days. So I'm going to lay around. You got to be like fucking on it all the time. And I feel like it would make you yeah, sharper I guess as it would a person. give you some kind of sense of purpose mm. but I think I don't know I also think it'd be kind of like we can just kind of split all the shitty things we have to do in a relationship it's like you know you gotta go hang out at the cosplay convention and right. uh, I'll go see you know this rom-com with her and we just kind of split it up right yeah you know instead of me taking on all of that uh, yeah, because I think she's actually just talking about a thruple encounter, obviously. I think that's what she means. I don't oh, know. I thought I, she meant like you're going to move in and be, you know, you guys I'm are going to build Ikea furniture and shit. And like, yeah. <laughs> that's what they do up there, yeah. <laughs> that's all they do. Yeah. They, um, yeah, is she inviting for a tr- – she's inviting for a vacation is what it sounds like, D. Yeah, it does sound okay? like that. So that would not be a thruple long term that would be a encounter a short term encounter yeah. a so i'd have encounter. to i'd have to figure out exactly what homeboy would be doing and, and what he looks like and stuff you know um <laughs> that would be that would be important um and uh i think i think she i want to say she's like finland or something it's scandinavian so what is that yeah. like norway sweden or finland because if i went to finland then i could go Learn astral projection from the Laplanders, maybe, because they know how to do that shit. 
I've always wanted to go up there. I've never been up there before. I yeah, definitely want to go to. I'm going to go to Denmark. Finland's awesome, I've heard. Yeah, I want to go to uh, Denmark. Go to Christiana. Mm-hmm. I would like to check out Norway. Yeah. Do like a black metal tour of all the burned churches. Sure. Kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Well, um, there you go. Uh, yeah, I think we need uh, some more details there. Not yeah, so but Scandinavian I'm, girl. I'm interested. Not so German girl. <laughs> She's not yeah. so German. She's very Scandinavian. Very Scandinavian. Very yes. Scandinavian. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Next call we have here kind of threw me off there. Mm. Um, next call we have here is from uh, good old Schlitzy. Put mm. some action in Schlitz- Schlitzy's life. Do you recall? I think it was like a couple weeks ago. He was calling in asking us for advice on how to have sex, like how to get laid, not mm. how to have sex, how to get laid, how to have a sexual encounter. And we were, you know, giving him some suggestions. Well, it turned out he didn't need our advice at all. You know, it sounds, it sounds like he is perfectly fine left to his own devices. I'm just thinking about tying up the Scandinavian girl now. So I'm not, <laughs> not really like my head's not in the game here, but yeah, no, he's, he's gotten in some interesting shit. He's gotten to a, a, a dilly of a pickle. This yeah. fella, you know, what if uh, the Scandinavian girl is dating a guy that looks just like Schlitzy? <laughs> It would, you know, I can work around that. It just depends. It just depends. It depends on what, who's doing what and where and when, you know. What if his voice so. sounded like this? Um, w, handsome, semantic bastard. <laughs> um, so Bone I got a killer. story for you. Um, I'm in AA, obviously. And um, I, uh, I thought he was an a- NA. One guy is he an NA or AA? It's basically the same. NA is like a little scummier. Um, but the literature is <laughs> less stupid, you know, it's, it's, it's slight minor differences. He was up to me like a couple of months ago and, and we start talking. He's like this nerdy dude. Um, and we just, you know, we're talking, you know, um, he's annoying as fuck, but like for whatever reason he wanted, he wants to talk on the phone every once in a while. So I, can you imagine how, like how annoying somebody has to be for Schlitzy to be like, man, this guy's annoying as fuck. <laughs> Wow, I don't think I would yeah. ever want to meet this guy. Yeah, man. if Schlitzy finds him annoying, right. I would just want to murder him. Yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to deal all this stuff. And like, he's obviously still drinking, but he wants to get better. Um, he all of a sudden one day asked me, "Hey, can I have your sponsor's number? I'd like him to sponsor me." So I give it to him. Um, in in knowing knowing he's like a wayfish little fucking. Uh, uh, pathetic little dude. Um, and, and my sponsor is an incredibly, yeah. uh, he's an asshole. Um, I know that, um, he's not going to be able to handle the truth that my sponsor dishes out. Um, so I still keep talking to him for a while and, um, kind of collecting data, knowing that at some point he's going to, uh, him and my sponsor are going to butt heads and my sponsor is going to throw him to me. Um, I get a call one day and, uh, this guy gets a DUI. How do you get a sponsor? Like, how does that work? You go and then you add a meeting and then you kind of like stand up and say, Hey, I'm looking for a sponsor. Or sometimes they, sometimes the people who want to be sponsors all put their name and number on a piece of paper that they like leave out after the meeting and you can look at it and call the motherfuckers. Have you had a sponsor? No, I've never gotten that far because, um, I was, I guess I was a little too particular about what kind of sponsor I would get. Have like you, I wanted, I wanted an atheist sponsor, which is like you know, kind of like wanting a, a talking duck. Yeah, yeah so not gonna find you know. one there. 
There, I mean, there are some, but they're rare, you know? Yeah, because isn't it, isn't AA and NA kind of uh, Christian-based? They're not Christian-based, they're... Well, I thought that, I thought there was like a theology... It's not Christian, though, it's just... Well, I mean, it's not Christian, but it's, it's religious. It's a general monotheistic spirituality, a spir okay? Yeah, exactly. It's not, but it's um, not Christian or, yeah. or any kind of denomination. I, there are... I've met some people, or I've heard of some people that are like atheists and somehow make it work for them in some weird way, but it requires a lot of fucking mental gymnastics and like, you know... By the time you're doing that, it's like, what am I even doing? I'm like calling things, other things, and I'm, you know, it's just weird. Yeah, so. too many you because it's because it's like because it's like what they never, what they never actually say is like, your higher power. Like they're like, oh, you give up your will to a higher power. You're not. You're using your will. Your higher power is you. You're just calling it something else. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And yeah. but you can't ever admit that. No one can ever admit that that's actually what's happening, but that's what's fucking happening. You know, So if you were at a meeting, you stood up and you're just like, God is dead. It's bullshit. They've been lying to you. Would you get kicked out? No, but people would be like, Haha, I used to be like you. <laughs> and then I got better and, you know, awesome. And you're an ass, you know, so it's just like, hmm. And is in jail. Um, his wife calls my sponsor uh, wait so this kid this wayfish kid got a dui he's in jail and yeah. this the, the kid's wife mm. called the uh, slitzy sponsor mm. um we all meet up at my house and we go uh with the plan to get him into rehab because uh, i know a lot of people who own rehabs obviously because of my um journey um i get him into rehab and um my sponsor decides to start sponsoring his wife and al-anon um through the weeks here um i'm hanging out with his wife um getting to know uh her husband through her um you know my sponsor says that's fine you know wait was he in wait. jail or something yeah or he's been in jail for dui for how long well, it sounds like it's been for a while. They don't and have so, the fucking money to bail him out. I guess, I guess not. They just but bail him out for fuck's sake. Is that weird to like? How much let can this, it be? Is that weird though to let this drug addict, like the sponsor's, like, oh, here's my drug addict friend. Um, he's gonna hang out with you while your husband's in prison or in jail. Like, is um, that is that normal? No, he Slitchy is his sponsor. No, but not yet though. It sounds like. Uh, oh. I thought he is a sponsor. That's no, what I thought. Well, maybe. I, I mean, maybe he's coming. Mm -hmm. it's, it sounds like uh, yeah. Schlitzy's sponsor put Schlitzy and this guy's wife together. It was like, uh, you okay. should hang out uh, with him. I don't know about that. I'm just knowing it wouldn't be that unusual for somebody's sponsor to be talking to the wife while the dude, you know, that well, wouldn't be that unusual. Treatment. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Obviously, keep boundaries, and you know, um, I don't try and fuck everything that I'm around. So my sponsor was fine with that. Um, basically, like uh, all these things start coming out. Um, you know, his lies start coming out. Um, she finds out that he's uh, secretly bisexual and has been fucking other dudes on Grinder because she found his, um, you know, um, uh, burner phone. Um, He's it hasn't been paying the mortgage. He's scrolling away money. He's taking loans out. He's fucking lying and lying and lying and lying. Wait, did Schlitzy like give him give her his burner phone? I think he's setting him up. 
That's what you think? That's what I think. I don't I don't think I don't It sounds Machiavellian to me. Oh yeah, and that's Schlitzy through and through. <laughs> a Machiavellian <laughs> evil genius full of evil guile and you know. Yeah. On. Yeah. But I mean that's gotta be terrible though for the wife, like, you know, yeah. like your husband just gets a DUI and then you find out all this information about him. Right. It's gotta be rather vulnerable. Right. Uh, my time's almost up. I'll call. Oh, he calls back here. Here's sure. part two. So basically, um, you know, this guy has been leading a double life, um, sucking mad dick um, behind <laughs> her back. She starts getting angry. Um, I start hanging out with her a little bit more because she's like melting the fuck down. And, and, and you know, I, I work for myself, so I have the ability to do that. Um, my sponsor's like, hey, you know, take her to the meetings, um, you know, uh, uh, let's help this woman get better, you know, because it's coming out that this guy has been a real sack of shit to this woman. Um, she decides one night um, that she's, she she asked me to print up some of the t- text messages from Grindr um, because she's going to confront him with it. Do you think Schlesie had to reenact the text messages? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to doth yeah. fisteth me. Yeah. <laughs> why, why would she want to read that? And why would he she print found, it out? Wait, I thought she found the phone. Well, right? did Why Schlitzie... didn't she just read it on the phone? I don't yeah, that's why what she, I'm saying. Why did he end up with this fucking burner phone? I think, it, I think it's Schlitzie's burner phone. That's what I think. He and printed I think he, it out? Well, I, I think he how planted it out from a phone. Yeah, that's kind of plant it. Get the fuck out of here with your fucking conspiracy theories. I got some about theories, that. dude. QAnon right. thinks Schlitzy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I go over her house and give her the printouts, and she fucking melts the fuck down. She's do you... like, I'm divorcing him. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I think he's like manipulating this woman to get some ass. Mm. That's what I think. I, yeah, I don't understand how he got the burner phone. I've actually never printed out something from a phone, so that's be interesting. Well, um, you know, uh, he might have. And why didn't he just give her the fucking then... phone? Why would you print it out and give it to the printouts or something? What are you, the fucking IT guy? I don't know. It's weird. You know? I, I think the whole thing sounds rather fishy. It, I think it's weird. It's stupid. I don't think it's any kind of evil. No shit, machinations but... going on here. Yeah. No. 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 Fuck him. Um melting down like blubberly crying and and i kept boundaries that when i'm at the house i like to sit opposite of the couch i don't hug her i don't you know all this stuff and she's just like but melting down so i'm like okay i gotta like you know support this woman you know and and i'm like here come here you know uh give me a hug and uh we start hugging and like this hug goes on like super long and and i'm like okay fine you know we're sitting on the couch and I'm like, well, just, you know, I'll just keep hugging her, whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> Next thing you know, he pushes her head down towards his crotch. Mm. <laughs> well, uh, turns into um, us making out. Um, we end up fucking. Um, she professes that she's had feelings for me for a while because we're we've been hanging out like almost every day for like three fucking weeks and like I'm not a sack of shit like her husband is. Um, really? <laughs> <laughs> I think this podcast begs to differ there, but hey, 
Who are no, we he, to judge? Didn't he just say he is a piece of shit like her husband no, is? No, he said he's not a piece of, a sack of shit like her husband is. Oh, I thought he said he is, because that would make sense, because if she falls for sack of shits, you no, know. No, he said he's not a sack of shit, and that's why she likes him. Oh, I mean, that's a weird her, thing to say. Her husband. I mean, I'm great that I like Schlitzie. I'm friends with Schlitzie, <laughs> but he's a sack of shit. Oh, I mean, sure. You know, I could say that I'm a sack of shit. I, can, I understand. You know, I know it. I'm, you know, Schlitzie epitomizes the sack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. but He's this there. guy, the, but he has a point though. The husband is also a sack of shit. Sure. Yeah. You know, but I mean, you know, you can't just like go out and kill people and then be. They're like, why did you do that? You're horrible. It's like, well, Hitler was bad. Also, <laughs> he was bad too. So. This this is a whole other thing right here. You know, you I can't just say like, oh, somebody else is bad so I can do terrible things. I'm you know? questioning the wife's sensibility here. <laughs> yeah, like I think she needs to like uh, reevaluate the way she chooses a mate. Maybe, you know, consider leaving New Jersey. Yeah, just move you know? out of Jersey. Just yeah, get yeah. out of Jersey. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. And I'm emotionally supporting her and stuff. Um and <laughs> uh so yeah uh i fucked i'm sponsor uh, well i was sponsoring this guy i fired him uh yesterday but what? i i fucked wait sponsors can fire their sponsees yes is that how it works you can be like i'm not sponsoring you anymore you're fired yeah i didn't know it worked like that. i don't think they officially call it firing but yeah it's a it's what it is yeah <gasps> I had yeah. no idea. What okay. you have to, you have to, you're obligated to sponsor them. D, is that what you think? Well, I think it's all, you, it's all a fucking voluntary endeavor, you know. I guess, but I, feel, I feel, do whatever I you want. There's some like compassion, like I want to help this person, I want to heal them, and then it's like, nah, you're fired. Some people you can't help. Yeah. Or and some people you um can't help but hurt because you're basically human poison. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's also a thing that happens. Yeah, my first sponsee's wife, um, and now I'm in a relationship with her. Wow! Um, and in the ultimate act of cuckolding, um, I stayed over last night. I shaved my dick with his razor. I changed the top, obviously, <laughs> but I shaved my dick with his razor and pounded his wife out uh, on their bed in his house, <laughs> which kind of makes me feel real shitty as like a human being. Um, but um, I do have feelings for her. Um, she's she's like the I have a very particular type of woman, and and she is that. I like older women uh, who are mentally stable. Um, I figured his type of woman would be like Courtney Love or something. No, I don't think so. No, apparently not. Apparently, mm. it's like a stable older woman. Yeah, I mean. And, she doesn't sound that fucking stable to me, but you know, I'm sure. having sex with junkies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, and whatever. A certain way. Um, so yeah, I put my dick where it shouldn't have belonged, and uh, I'm in in a whole world of uh, shit now. Keep it dick, keep it wrong. Fuck you guys. God, I wonder what the husband's gonna do when he finds out. You know, I've watched some cuckolding porn. I can honestly say that what he did was definitely not the ultimate act of cuckolding. I thought it is it the well, ultimate act of cuckolding involves someone in a closet. Yeah, that's, out at that's what happening. I was thinking. Isn't yeah. cuckolding usually the husband has to witness it? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought it was. I, I think he's just, you know, exaggerating. Yeah. But I mean, he's definitely cuckolding the guy. What do you think sure. the guy's going to do? 
Oh, he sounds like he's kind of an emo yeah, he's, wayfish. Not gonna do yeah, yeah, he's not, he's gonna, not do gonna do anything. Yeah. I mean, but, there's this, th- there's this thing. One thing that with AA and NA that always kind of bothered me about it was like, there's these ideas. You know, there are the like rules for it. There's like, you know, rules that you're supposed to adhere to. And then there's these ideas behind it. There's like, oh, you know, you're not supposed to really get into a relationship with somebody in the first year or two you're in the program because, you know, if you get into a relationship, you're feeling more feelings. You're going to make that person your higher power. And then when it inevitably falls apart, you relapse, you know. And then there's like, oh, you're supposed to, like, be honest with yourself and others and adhere to a certain amount of altruism. And if you, like, become honest and good – or do honest and good things, eventually you yourself will become honest and good. But like the inside joke that they all have is like, mm-hmm. none of that is true and no one does any of that, basically. <laughs> is the inside joke of, of, of that, you know, is that, yeah, it's, yeah, you're not supposed to well, do that. Well, they just relapse <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah it's like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, like it's, you're still human poison, you're just sober human poison, essentially, is a lot of times what happens. And shit comes out in other ways, you know, you're, you're, you know. Well, I'm just amazed that this woman would be like, sure, I'm going to have sex with you, junkie guy that uh, also is from the same rehab that my husband went to. But who knows? You're, you know, when you're in like that emotionally vulnerable state, it's like kind of like after a funeral. Right. You know, yep. and, uh, you know, it's like, and, and when you get someone that likes to manipulate the, the, the women at their weakest points. Right. You know? Her guard is down. So good job there, Schlitzy. Maybe that's your technique. Maybe you should hang out at funerals, you know, and just kind of wait. Hang out at funerals or just go, kind of find out, find out all the spouses of, uh, of all the people in your AA meetings. <laughs> Maybe that's the best way to get laid. <laughs> Although I am yeah. I'm very, very interested to hear how this turns out. So yeah. keep us posted there, Schlitzy. Yeah, because Schlitz, uh, yeah, I mean, he's getting some skills there. Schlitz, you know, he's kind of oh, like, yeah. you know, Charles Manson, but like he doesn't really have his shit together as well as Charles Manson did. But, uh, you know, <laughs> he's picking up some of those skills. I was about to say, I'd rather yeah. have Ted Bundy be my sponsor. Yeah, but hey, yeah. that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, people call the Sacred Run Hotline 323 Before we end here, I want to thank John in the North Bay for sending me a bottle of rye whiskey for my birthday. Mm. Um, yeah, he sent it to me. John's been a longtime fan of the show. And uh, it's from a distillery in Healdsburg. It's called Lost Republic. I gotta say, it's one of the smoothest ryes I've had. You got so, a uh, present from a listener? I did get a present for your birthday, a birthday present. That's pretty funny. I got a birthday present from that is pretty funny. (laughs) He he sent me a whiskey last year. The guy sends me whiskey every year. So, uh, but but this is really good though. It's from uh, Lost Republic. Uh, Apparently, Mm. there's a lot of distilleries up in the North Bay, Mm. but uh, very smooth. I'll Mm. save some for next time uh, you're here. Um, People, best way to support the show is by becoming a sick and wrong patron. Just go to patreon.com/slash sick and wrong. And uh, this week, Harrison did an exclusive kind of phone call slash interview with Jizzy Jake. Yeah. About, with a, about an insane story. Mm. The, the audio quality is kind of shitty, you're saying, but the story is insane. The story is amazing. Yeah. And the story is amazing. Yeah. And, and we also find out what kind of car he drives, and it's more amazing than you could ever possibly imagine. But didn't it involve three sexual encounters in one night? 
or in 24 hours. In 24 hours. In 24 hours. Three different sexual encounters in 24 hours. Yeah. And he was under the influence of many narcotics. With a specific purpose. And it is a specific purpose. Achieved. Yeah. So So. there you go. That's a Patreon exclusive. We do a lot of shit just for the Patreon. And we also, uh, and that was the same before. We get a lot of phone calls on the show. Too many to play on the regular show. So we actually put those on Patreon too. So if you go to patreon.com slash sick and wrong, you sign up right now, you can get access to like an extra 40 minutes of bonus content every week. And not to mention all the backlog of like, I don't even know how many hours. So uh, we we appreciate you for uh, supporting the show and by becoming a sick and wrong patron. Yeah, and, and you know, if you are a patron, you know, uh, stuff we post, like, you know, let us know what you think. And, you know, if you're like, ah, this, you know, feature that you regularly post, isn't that great? You know, maybe try doing this, you know. And we're always, like, looking to, like, figure out other stuff we can do, you know. I do if, love when people it out, comment. So. I love yeah, when yeah. people comment on the yeah. stuff. Because it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. It's like you get this interaction. You post something to Patreon. And a lot right. of the stuff we post to patrons kind of experimental. So it's sure, kind of yeah. cool when you post something out there and then people actually comment on it. So we do appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. And, and you can go back and forth. You can comment on stuff and uh, you can send right. messages through Patreon. So it's a good way to interact. Mm. Um, sick and wrong song of the week here. I'm going to end the show. We are, we're talking about dwarves and personal dwarves and things like, and we mentioned Bushwick Bill. Bushwick Bill wrote a song called Ever So Clear about mm. the incident when he drank Everclear and shot his eye out. Mm. Um, yeah, it was off his album, uh, Little Big Man, that came out in 1992. Mm. So here's the song, Ever So Clear, where Bushwick Bill describes the night his eye was shot out. We're going to end the show with that one. Uh, people, will be back next week with episode 672. Until then, take a season. Had shit. I felt like an outcast, treated like a misfit. Damn near didn't make it on my day of birth, thinking was I really supposed to be on this planet Earth? I take a deep breath and then another follows. Cause hard shit is kinda hard to swallow. See, it's rough being a loner. Not knowing any given day and time I could wind up a goner. See, people got it bad from Jump Street. And being short is just another strike against me. I used to get funny looks cause I was small And trying to make it like running to a brick wall Given the odds I was up against broke The average nigga woulda quit a long time ago But now I've gotta wreck it out I'm doing shows people paying to see me turn it out Now I'm the spice around town It's funny how an album could change a nigga's life around I got friends and bitches on my dick But when they look at Richard, all they see is Bushwick Sometimes I don't know a friend from a foe And every different day it's a different fucking hope And now that my pockets are getting bigger I'm meeting hoes who only wanna juice a nigga They tell me that they love me and all that But really they just wait for me to fall flat So they can get me for my income Take me for all I got and then some Like Trina you dig I fucked up and got too attached to the bitch's kid Knowing that she used the baby to use me Took him out my life, mentally abusing me But as the time went by, I got another Slimmy And she was just like the first one, screaming gimme But not in the exact same way 
She had a different type of game she liked to play Her name was Crystal, she played the quiet type And for a little while shit seemed alright But just like the first hoe homie When shit got hectic, the bitch broke out on me And it's getting out of hand G Cause nobody seems to understand me Reminiscing, got me feeling kinda low I broke out the Everclear and then I drunk some more Until it was all gone Now I'm looking for somebody to take my pain out on But not just anybody G I'ma take that on Tamika Cause she's the closest to me Full of that Everclear and high in that Buddha Get to the house all I'm thinking about is shooting her Cause shooting her will be sweet But you know to be sweeter if I make her shoot me Call me crazy, but that's what I'm thinking I'm tripping from all that smoking weed and drinking But I knew she wouldn't do it on her own So I provoked her, punched her, kicked and choked her She still wouldn't grab the gun And at that time, I wasn't thinking about no one Damn near crazy, I went and grabbed the baby Held him by the door and said, I'ma throw his ass out, ho She went to crying, somebody stopped him I said, you better grab the motherfucking gun or I'ma drop him She snatched the baby out of my hands We started fighting, punching, scratching, and biting Well, we fell on the bed, check this shit All kinds of crazy shit was going through my head So I ran and got the gun and came back to her Loaded it up and handed the gas to her I grabbed the hand and placed the gun to my eye muscle She screamed stop and then we broke into another tussle Yo, during the fight the gun went off quick Damn, ah oh, shit, I'm hit at your home. Learn from my mistakes. Kick the beat in, Beatle. Buttsucker99 here again. Uh, I am the, the number one fan, and I need more of Trucker Paul. I need more of that one bitch who uh, 
send in her period juice to you. I forget her name. You guys hung out, but I need more of that. I need more Vietnam guy. I need more good callers. Uh, shout out to Papa Smurf. Keep on, keep on, keep it on, brother. Um, fuck. Uh, 